Welcome to Collector's Corner, the premier digital art platform. We help collectors gain and maintain their edge, all while appreciating beautiful art. Let's jump in. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Cornering the Market, our 24th episode. This is from Collector's Corner. This is your weekly download of everything happening in the generative art world. My name is P. You may know me online as at Aston Cloud. I'm joined by my great friend and co-host at Jared underscore pause online, or more colloquially, Jared. How are you doing today, man? I'm living the dream, man. I know that the we'll get into it, but the gen art market's a little bit slow, but it's pre- presenting a number of great opportunities. Uh, so, you know, just digging away like normal and trying to sniff out some of these some of these uh, long-term grails. It's the best part of the gen art market. When it's going great, everyone's happy. When it's not going great, there are deals. So always positivity there. Tiny bit of house cleaning before we start. This is a video episode. Please check it out on YouTube. If you can't, that's okay. We'll also have a tweet thread out that has images and links to everything we talk about here. And we will also have show notes. So take a look at the show notes, jump to the parts that you're interested in. We'll disclaim when we own pieces that we talk about here. And lastly, showing up on the screen is our weekly newsletter. We cannot fit everything in this episode as much as we'd like to. We have extra stories, opportunities, and art over there in the weekly newsletter. People are really enjoying it. Check it out. And here is Jared's Twitter handle. People have been asking, what is it? Well, there it is. Jared underscore pause. Give him a follow. He's also the founder of the 8NAP Digital Asset Fund. So if you're interested in exposure to digital assets as a financial class, check him out. He's the best in the business. And I am at Aston Cloud. Here's my Twitter handle. So all that out of the way, let's jump in. A lot going on. We start with markets to give you an overview since they have such a big impact on art pricing. Bitcoin down 1.7% today. Uh, sorry, in the last uh, week, it's down 3.6%. Ethereum down 1.1% in the last seven days. Tezos down 20%. Oof, uh, a lot more rough. And this is tracking against equities a little bit. Equities have slowed down. Uh, what, what's essentially happened is the expected interest rate for this year, 2023, has increased. The market is expecting it to be worse. That's had an impact on crypto pricing. We're still well, well above where we were a couple of uh, months ago. If you look at the 90-day chart, we were way down here at the beginning of January. So this feels like a healthy consolidation and retracement, nothing that I'm significantly concerned about. That's it for markets. Actually, I'll pause there, Jared. Do you have anything you want to add for markets here? If not, no worries. We can go on. No, I think it, just for Tezos, you're seeing the retracement just after the uh, the Google announcement. So even though it looks huge, it's also coming off the heels of like this incredible run up. So, you know, I, I'm not too worried about it at this point. Same here. Great point. Thanks for mentioning that. Now let's take a look at seven days in the blue chip Ethereum NFT art world. So we take a look at empty price floor. We have some tags here that we take a look at. And rounding out the top, we have the QQL Mint Pass with 18 sales. Um, we'll do a squiggle update separately. Life in West America, which is an AI collection, also had 17 sales. Mind the Gap by Mount Vitruvius, 14. Meridian with 12. Memories of Chilin with 12 as well. In terms of floor price, uh, these are a little bit harder to uh, to to differentiate here. So actually, 
uh, at least these top three, I would ignore. Uh, there were some low sales that happened and that boosted the price a lot as uh, people were essentially capitulating a few items. Um, QQL Mint Pass is up 15% though. Genesis, another AI collection by Claire Silver, up 10%. And uh, Trossets, an art blocks curated, an older one, up 10%. So nice to see some moves there. Cosmic Reef and Edifice rounding these out. And interestingly, Jared and I were talking about this beforehand. Damien Hurst, the currency, had a ton of volume and 46 sales all in the last week, up 31%. Uh, haven't been following that one as closely since as it's, you know, it's not generative art, but I'm really curious. Uh, oh, I don't know. Do you know what's going on there, Jared? The, the only thing that I could think of is there was a collaboration with Real Vision and the Real Vision Collective that was uh, announced this week. And maybe it drove some attention to, to the project, but th that's the only thing that comes to mind for me. Got it. Got it. And uh, as you normally do, any notable sales in the blue chip gen art world? Yeah, it was actually an exciting week coming off of the, especially relative to last week. But, you know, there's a 250th uh, autoglyph sale. There's a beautiful and complete control picked up for 55. Uh, we'll get into it, but an amazing uh, Fidenza sale. And then the 70 ETH ringer sale with a beige background. So, I mean, kind of how I open this thing up, like there's really great deals to be had. I think all of those buys should age extremely well. And then there's a sneaky thing is there's 12 memory sales. So things seem to be heating up there and in, in, in the memories category. I got to say, man, I can't believe the floor is below five ether for memories. It's kind of insane for me to see that. So it's uh, it, it looks nice. It looks nice for sure. FX hash. What are you seeing over here? So FX hash is a, it, it's a turn for the positive again. I, you know, you're seeing some volume uh, increase over last week, but you're seeing a, a new project top it out with smooth steps. You're seeing the OGs come back, you know, with the Zancan capturing the top two or two of the top three spots. And then, uh, ERG from Rich Poole and uh, Balzarino rounding off the top four. But overall, I feel like there's a good influx. And we'll talk about why there could be some stuff later on with different payment methods on FX hash. But, you know, and then there's a trade for a garden monolith, uh, you know, between two really great grailers. So overall, I feel like there's a lot of uh, momentum potentially building up. I don't want to say if it is or isn't, but, you know, I, I, it feels a little bit more um calculated in a good way yeah definitely better than last week and smooth steps is doing great we actually tweeted about this one it's a really cool collection check it out it's it's got fantastic motion and so i just wanted to highlight that one because because i'm a big fan of it squiggles what's going on in squiggle land uh kind of similar trend what we're seeing over the last couple weeks is the sales volume is down it's down to 237 ETH down from 369 last week. So about 33% drop. Luckily, or at least, you know, optimistically, maybe I should say is the, the floor price is more or less maintained at 12.8 this week versus 12.9 last week. And a lot of people coming in to buy the floors. That's, that's the majority of the, um, the, the sales this week and sales quantity is 17 versus 24 last week. Again, about the same 33% drop. And, you know, mainly floor type squiggles that are, are continuing to be liquid. The highlights would be there is a, a pipe sale that was obviously um, larger 
and higher, but it was a very much, uh, I think based on a 60 or 180 day history, it's, it's about at the floor of a pipe. Um, then there was a crazy steal for a rib day zero ribbed uh, that I absolutely loved. And it was just, yeah, that one, number 139 was a little bit late to the party on that one. But so again, if you're diligent, looking out there, lots of opportunity still, even in the squiggles in the liquid market. That is one of the best ribs that I've seen. I mean, it, it wouldn't even matter if it wasn't day zero, but to have the blue and the purple and the red, it, it probably has a, a lot of segments in this one uh, and or relatively low color spread, but yeah, 19 segments. This was a beautiful one. I It pained me to see that somebody else bought it, but one day, one day, Jared, uh, let's go to friendship bracelets. So friendship bracelets, we had 426 sales in the last seven days. That's down from 428. Floor prices is right around 0.26, pretty stable. Last week it was 0.27. And there's some really interesting stuff going on with the listings. I haven't been able to figure it out. The listings went up last week by a lot. And there's a lot of blur shenanigans going on, it seems like, which is distorting the market for a lot of art, uh, especially ones that are on blur. Thankfully, a lot of art blocks is not on blur, but... Friendship bracelets con continuing to show that there is relatively low liquidity in the market. We'll keep an eye on those. Let's head over to our news. The first piece of news, which is just amazing for our industry here, is uh, there was an auction. A Tyler Hobbs Fidenza was auctioned at Christie's and it sold for or it realized 365,000 pounds. So that's probably, uh, I actually don't know the conversion right now, but let's say it's close to $400,000. This was sold by AC the Collector, one of the rare micro Fidenzas, micro uniform Fidenzas, and it's just beautiful. Very notably, the some of the other artwork that was sold during the evening. So this was an evening auction, which I was, I'm less familiar with this world, Jared, but those are the big ones, uh, but there were Picassos, there were Cezanne sold, Paul Cezanne. So, I mean, we're talking some of the most famous artists for the last hundred years were sold alongside a uh, Tyler Hobbs, or I should say Tyler Hobbs Fidenzo sold alongside those. So that was really, really cool. And uh, actually, I'll pause there. I want to hear your thoughts on that before we go to the next part of the story. I think you hit on all the main points, which is, this is it's exciting. You know, not only is, uh, I mean, it's not the first time art has showed up in a, a traditional art auction house, but it's starting to get more and more, um, you know, optics. And I think that this is an amazing step in the right direction. It's picking up momentum and the more eyes uh, outside of our silo of the, you know, NFT world that get to see this amazing art, the more bullish I become because you're going to start to onboard more and more people. So it's exciting, especially, and it's an honor to be, to be showcased next to such historically great artists. Right. And from conversations in Discord, this was the first time that an NFT was put in like the primetime slot auction, right? Like that evening auction is a really, really big deal. And it, there hasn't been a generative art piece or an NFT in one of those auctions before. And apparently a very well-known traditional art collector bought it uh ac the collector who's the one who sold it mentioned that and sort of mentioned that you know perhaps they let it go for less than they would have but this was essentially expanding the space so fantastic there and the second half of this story talking about the traditional art world accepting digital art has to do with pace you want to talk through this jared a couple of pace things going on 
Yeah, I, I love this. Uh, you know, there's a, a QQL exhibit that's being done in collaboration with Pace, and they just announced this week all of the artists. So it looks like there's five artists, um, Tara Donovan, Loie Howell, Claire Silver, William Upon, and Grant Yoon. So it's just a, that continue further uh, continuation of an algorithm that gets to get explored by um, these parametric artists and kind of their interpretation of the algorithm. So I'm super excited to see what comes of it. I'm, I don't know if I have a thesis yet on if there's value uh, with having a, I'll call it established artist as the parametric artist behind the QQL seed versus just a really dope output. So uh, that, but that's intriguing. I'm, I'm really excited. You know, we, all the artists on there were very big fans of, so I'm excited to see what comes of it. Does it, is it something that is, maybe analogous with their style or something completely out of left field that the algorithm exposes and has a resonance with them. So, uh, but more than that, you know, Pace is starting to dip their toes in, you know, outside of just the art blocks partnership. And I think that that is again, coming on the heels of what went on with Christie's it's further validation of a traditional art outlet starting to embrace the the digital art world and this is a really cool thing i mean you're seeing art blocks now qql proof just announced something so you know pace is putting in the work man and, and i think that could really position themselves well in the future absolutely and just really quickly going back to this qql thing with pace it's so pace is a really really well-known traditional art gallery like it was a huge deal when Artblocks did their first collaboration with them. I'm very curious to see how many of these pieces are purchased by traditional art collectors versus more Web3 art collectors, and also to see how the pricing varies, right? Because Tara Donovan and Loie Hollowell are traditional artists. Uh, Loie Hollowell did Contractions and Tara Donovan's uh, collection, the name has escaped me, but they were both in that Artbox collaboration, whereas Claire Silver, AI artist, William Upon, generative artist, Grant Yoon, a fantastic um, digital artist that we all love. And so, yeah, it, it'll, it'll be just really cool, excuse me, cool to see the dynamics between this. Um, but I'll digress. Let's go on well, to our, I'm sorry. I have one final thought and, and to kind of segue off of what you said. If there's at least one sale from somebody outside of the digital art space, to me, that's a, a great thing because my hope is that then there's a, a propagation where that gets shown to somebody who gets drawn in or at least starts asking the question. So I agree there might be more digital buys or digitally native individuals buying it, but any sort of exposure outside of our little silo, I think is amazing. And I, I really, really am optimistic about the, the pace inclusion. 100% love what pace is doing. And we've talked about this before. The gen art world is seeping into the trad art world slowly by slowly, um, slowly. And then all of a sudden, what, what's that analogy? It's like an ice cube melting. Like there's all these little bonds that are being broken. And then all of a sudden it's melted, but it's happening on the out on the inside before you can really see it on the outside. Okay. I'll for sure stop rambling now. Let's go to our next story. FX hash is now allowing you to pay with Ethereum. They launched this integration. They had actually just teased this a few weeks ago, but they got it done real fast. So you can now go on and when, so you, you find whatever you want to buy, you click this winter symbol card and you choose to pay with Ethereum. Have you tried this out yet, Jared? I tried to do a credit card as I kind of indicated a couple weeks ago on the pod, but 
uh, and uh, it was not working for me. So I was a little bit frustrated and have not tried out the ETH function yet. Got it. Me neither. Um, curious if you think this is going to increase the liquidity over there in FX hash, or at least get people who are on the fence or unsure to go and collect some of the art there. I think it will allow for an ease of purchase. I mean, I'm a largely USDC denominated fund. So for me, I'm super stoked because I don't have to go to my broker every single time to, to get Tez. So having access to that and, and creating an environment where you can at least pay with something that's uh, like ETH that is I'll call it more widely native to, to the collectorship, I think is a very, very bullish thing. And I actually really like how they are not, um, you can't put listing prices in a different currency because that that's kind of a nod to inherently the, the native currency, which is Tezos, the blockchain that it's been built upon. Not to say it won't happen later on, who knows, but you know, I, I like the 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 idea of listing and honoring on Tezos, but still allowing for a, a variety of currencies. I mean, it's no different than if somebody accepted, uh, you know, the British pound or the euro, and and then there's a conversion thing in the background that allows for it to happen. So I think this is brilliant. I hope it increases liquidity. I think this is a good optics for FX hash of basically saying we want to we want to play with all collectors and we're not going to democratize and, and be maxis for, for one currency versus another. You know, this, we, we haven't had a chance to talk about this yet. So people can listen in a live a little bit on one of our conversations. I disagree with you actually on one point on only one point. I think that they should show you the equivalent U S dollar and or Ethereum value. I agree with you that they are, taking a nod to the underlying currency. But I think that a lot of investors, they don't want their assets denominated in Tezos because they think Ethereum has higher upside. And I think that is holding back the ecosystem. I think if people can just see what the equivalent, excuse me, the equivalent is in ETH terms, then it'll just change the dynamic. And, uh, you know, you can still... Well, already you can purchase it in, in Ethereum or Tezos or US dollars. But I think that visual change, it's a small change, but I actually think it would make a big difference for liquidity in the ecosystem, even though it may take away from people wanting, I mean, people already don't want to hold Tezos is the truth. I, I think that is, uh, I'm sure a lot of FX hash people won't like to hear that. But if you ask around, like that is the broader sentiment. And I personally think it's holding them back. And actually I jumped into the FX hash discord and, and suggested that, they just show what the equivalent pricing is, but I'll, I'll let you rebut re that and, and see if you have any thoughts. If you don't, yeah, no I mean, worries. This is the beauty of it. We're allowed to have different opinions. I, I like the nod to keeping it priced in Tezos because it's a, a nod to the the OGs, the, the people in the ecosystem, the devout and the loyalists. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, this is a business and the market will dictate what should or should not be present and you know, I'm willing to roll with whatever one, whatever the final decision is here. Well, you heard it there, folks. We want to hear what you think too. So let us know, respond to us, DM us. I'm curious to hear what you think, but either way, this is a fantastic uh, up, update to FX hash. And we really appreciate that they are embracing the Ethereum side and not being chain maximalists. We're all here for the art after all. Let's talk about some great art at great prices. Jared, you wanted to mention some of the GM DAO ecosystem. 
Yeah, this is kind of a, a, a cheating because I'm going to list a, a bunch of stuff, but just with the, the, there's been some recent fight over GM Dow and, and the token and, and the drop mechanics and all that. And I, I think that some other projects have taken a, a hit. I'm not, I'm still a long-term believer in the project. I think that things are starting to get right-sized, but there's still great art at great prices. I mean, Rich Pools, Karipo, 0.21 ETH, amazing stuff, right? Some of it's a little bit higher, like you're seeing on screen, Mind the Gap's still in ETH. Factor is at three quarters of an ETH, but you know, Balagon at 0.26. I mean, Catharsis at almost 0.48. These are in Apollo, man. I, I really love that project too at 0.295. So just wanted to bring awareness that there's still some really great art, uh, especially on the Ethereum blockchain that, uh, you know, you can start picking up some really, really beautiful pieces. And again, I cheated and, and did all, all of the GM Dow drops, but as I was looking across floor prices for this stuff, I was just, I was flabbergasted and wanted to roll them all up together. We'll, we'll allow it. I agree. This is beautiful art. A lot of it below that $500 threshold. Take a look, see if you like it. Could be worth picking up if it resonates with you. The next one I wanted to highlight is Textiles by Landlines Art. This is a bit of an older project actually. Um, and I just, you know, I came across it recently and I really, really like the aesthetic of it sitting at a 215 Tezos floor. So just wanted to point that out, check it out, see if you like it. The uh, next one I wanted to cover is uh, is by Mia Forrest, and it's called uh, Botany. And we can click here and see the foundation app. So this is a post-photography AI collection. So Life in West America is the, the famous one that came up before here. And uh, you can click here and see the, excuse me, see all the pieces here. And I just like the variety here. I thought it was beautiful. Uh, you know, the floor price is pretty low, 0.2 Ether. And I believe it's lower on OpenSea. So go check it out. If it resonates with you, consider picking one up. A lot of these sales are below 0.1 ETH. And uh, yeah, great variety, beautiful art. Love the aesthetic there. Let's go on to some exciting upcoming drops. The first one we wanted to highlight is with the Los Angeles County Museum of Art. This is going to be on March 8th. We did a Twitter Spaces with Cactoid Labs and Lady Cactoid who are powering, well, Cactoid Labs is powering the technology behind this. You can see it here in the URL. Lady Cactoid is a curator from the traditional art world and is crossing over in both worlds and kind of really helped like put this together. So congrats to them for making this happen. There are five fantastic artists here, as you can see on the screen, Monica Rizzoli, Ixchels, Jen Stark, Emily Shia, and Sarah Zucker. They will each be releasing 100 pieces that are editions, so five separate editions of 100 each. And it has been teased, well, more than teased, that uh, these will serve as a means to help you get future drops. Uh, there's two coming out with Monica Rizzoli. William Mapon will be doing one. And then Def Beef and Tyler Hobbs will also be releasing the exact details of how each of these pieces helps you get to those has not been yet announced. But March 8th, market calendars, this will be a fun one. What are your thoughts, Jared? I mean, this is interesting in many levels and, and we did the spaces, but would love to hear your take on this release and anything else you want to add. I just, I love the integration uh, that Cactoid Labs has done with the LACMA and really providing artists the opportunity to to be in a museum and showcase their art. Uh, I have an emotional connection to LACMA having spent a number of, of 
of my time there while in LA, but I, I think it's brilliant. The the connection is again just more onboarding, more eyes. I hate to sound like a broken record, but in your ice cube melting slash snowball going down a hill analogy, it it feels like we're picking up some uh, momentum here. And I just I just love all these uh, integrations outside our our ecosystem. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. Love to see it happening. Congrats again to everybody involved. The next upcoming drop I wanted to talk about is a Rope Ranisto who did Life in West America, which I believe to be genre defining. People may disagree with me. Time will tell. He has another release coming out. This one is in April. I believe it was April 6th. I need to double check the date. So we have a bit of time and we'll mention it. But here are some of the images coming up here. It's with the same platform that helped launch Light Years. And they're focused on kind of a, a fusion of photography and other forms of art. In this case, AI. Light Years is generative with Dmitry Cherniak. But really just more beautiful images and with kind of like this weird funky AI twist as with life in West America. And so I wanted to highlight this to people. I'm excited about it. I believe it's going to be, um, we can find other details. It's a 10 ether Dutch auction that rests at one ether. These folks a fellowship, they're releasing a mint pass that gives you some priority access. It's going to be a rebate Dutch auction. Anyways, we'll have more of those details as it gets closer but this is uh, about a month out and wanted to put this on your radar because again, uh, Rope may have created a new genre and I think that's worth highlighting and, and something to take a look at. Oh, excuse me. Um, oh, I don't, I have the, the wrong post here. Uh, my apologies, uh, Jared, but maybe you can start talking about the real vision drop and I'll pull it up. Yeah, it's really quick, but just for everybody who, you know, we, we touch on the, the macro for crypto early on, but you know, Real Vision is initiating a Real Vision collective. It's about starting at a little over 10,000 pieces. Uh, and they're integrating into what I would call traditional PFP uh, marketplaces, trying to bring people together. So a little bit outside our norm, but just wanted to highlight it quickly to say uh, it's intended to be this really cool place where, you know, a traditional macro and nuanced uh, crypto and NFT I'll call it, uh, can start to intermix and mingle. And they're, they're really a big community focus. Full disclosure, I've been part of Pro Crypto from its inception. So I love the community. It's something I do outside of uh, just the NFT discords that we're in. And, uh, you know, if you have an interest in being uh, in an environment where it's not just uh, NFTs, but crypto, macro, and a lot of different uh I'll call it profit and economics driven entities, you know, check it out. Could be fun to a fun place to start poking around. Yeah. And I like a lot of the real visions. Uh, they have a lot of free videos that I listen to. I'm not personally a member, but I've always been impressed by them covering the space and keeping, you know, one foot in the investment financial side and one foot in the innovation and what's happening side. This feels like a little bit of both. This collective membership pass, they're, they're pulling from a lot of different communities really broadly. So, you know, Jared mentioned the, the Damien Hurst currency. There's Proof Collective. I mean, there, there's a lot. So it should be interesting to see what happens when you have an amalgamation of communities like that. And hopefully there'll be some cool uh, information sharing that happens there. Let's highlight a couple artists. The first one that I want to highlight here is uh, 
Helena Saren. So we are actually going to do a Twitter Spaces next week on AI Art 101, but Helena is one of the pioneers of the AI art movement and is considered a little bit under the radar, actually. Um, so I wanted to highlight Helena for you. Neural Bricolage is their Twitter handle. And also just show you real quick here, they recently had a sale on Super Rare, February 17th, it looks like. Oh, there it was, uh, February 6th for 14 Ether by JDH. So some big collectors have Helena on their radar, still selling work for quite a, you know, a significant sum here. Check her out. Follow her. I think it'll be someone that's good to know about if you're interested in AI art. Jared, yeah, Zankin is the artist that I'd like to highlight. Just a lot. I feel like there's a lot of momentum here and a lot of different entry points. We we spoke last week about the, you know, the the entry with the the carbon ETH project, but more than that, I just it may be top of mind because full disclosure, I just bought a uh, a couple KGMs. But the reality is, is that you know he's a Tez OG. He's got the Bright Moments Tokyo release coming up that I'm really really eager to see the any previews for that. But you know, again, Zankin, uh, whether you're looking at a bugged forest uh, for maybe a little bit lower entry point, some of his early editions are stunning. Just a lot of really great entry points for Zankin and to be able to get exposure. And I feel like, um, you know, although he's at the forefront a lot, you know, just wanted to highlight it because uh, he's got really, really amazing art and at almost every single price point. So any listener, great opportunity there. Yeah, and he's he's uh, considered an innovator in our field in this sort of like beautiful nature pen plotter art aesthetic that he has brought here. So certainly, a I mean, one might call him a genre definer as I, as I've used this word more and more now. So really beautiful art, and second that loves Zankan's work, and I'm a holder of some of his work as well. Let's talk about some art to watch. We have some really interesting ones. So this one is launching basically right now in four minutes. So that's why we put it under art to watch. It's called Navette. I think Navette, Navette perhaps. It's by Alexis Andre. And it is a collaboration between Trame or Trom. Uh, it's a French company that is well known in the textile industry. And Crypto Package Goods, our friend Cantino, has run this. And the Artblocks engine is powering this. So a bunch of bunch of stuff had to come together for this. But what I really wanted to highlight about this and what this is so cool is it's a Dutch auction. It starts at 10 Ether, 200 pieces. The first eight get a full tapestry. So there will literally be a loom running and that output of you know that generative piece will create a physical tapestry that is identical to the generative piece. Uh, and I actually messaged with Alexis Andre about this on Discord. He said it takes about six to eight hours for one of these to completely be creative. And uh, but end to end, it's going to be about three weeks with shipping and everything else. So I yeah, I just thought this was super cool. Really, really beautiful way to incorporate generative art into yeah here's an image of the loom there uh incorporate generative art into in real life so wanted to highlight that one quickly the second one i wanted to highlight is punk welt by eric swan so eric is going to have a release coming up on verse i'll show you that in a second it's called fields that is going to come up on march 9th so here is fields 
And so wanted to highlight punk welt. Uh, this is a, uh, again, looks beautiful, similar. Uh, this is going to kill my computer in terms of rendering. So we'll, we'll let that go. Um, but uh, punk welt is a really well-known collection, a favorite of the FX hash site, a little bit larger for FX hash, 640 of these, but floor 333. It's just one to keep watching. A lot of uh, really well-known holders in the FX hash side are fans of this one. Art charts. Take us home, Jared. Let's do this. Um, nothing mind-blowing, but you know, I wanted to bring to the forefront Fontana. Again, full disclosure, I picked up a Cascade a little over a week ago. Um, but realistically, uh, I bought, because I was starting to notice this trend, as you can see, the, the listing price is starting to find uh, Fontana by Harvey Rayner. I guess I should introduce that. The listing price is starting to find support there at 5 ETH. And what's even more intriguing right to me is that the the listing price distribution is you're starting to see a pretty thick in the floor depth you're starting to see a pretty thick uh front loaded um listings so you're able to pick up again if you're in the market for this we love the art but if you're in the market and you you're now going to have variety towards the floor and be able to hopefully pick up that piece that has that forever resonance with you and similarly, last note is that market cap versus cost basis that we always look at. It looks like it's getting pretty darn close. It hasn't it hasn't kissed the the marriage there yet, but starting to pull up away from that. So you know, I think with the thick floor and that gap, if you're in the if you're in the market for a deal, there's opportunities. If you're in the market for finding a maybe floor plus piece close to the floor with enough patience, I really think there's an opportunity here. It's uh, obviously, Harvey's a big friend of the podcast. We want to support him. And we also want to give collectors the confidence that their purchase could, again, not financial advice, but could age well. And this feels like a uh, a high risk reward uh, ratio for me. And it's one that uh, you know I'm personally taking. Uh, and if others are looking at it, really great entry point. Yeah, I mean, these, these are beautiful and you can see so much variety at seven ether and below. And I just want to point out when these things were running hot, people were saying they're never going to go back under 10 ether. And if you're one of those people who wanted one, but couldn't afford 10 ether, but maybe you could afford five or six, there are some many options that are diverse and beautiful down here. So this could be your opportunity. And uh, Jared, a, lo a lot of collections getting, getting down to that market cap cost basis. I mean, it's starting to look juicy. We, we don't have time to talk about all of them, but I, uh, I'm i sure you've noticed that as well. Yeah, I posted Monday about it for um, anti-cyclones. We covered that last week. I think that all of the, the majors are starting to look this way, but you're starting to see a lot of other ones pick up. I kind of briefly touched on it, but Memories, Meridians, they're all kind of there, but I mean, the, the floor is getting super thin for these ones. And and I think people are starting to realize that there is long-term value. Uh, and what's cool right now is I'm hoping, maybe this is my thesis. I don't, I can't say this with any level of factual uh, conviction, but my observation is that people are over in the blur realm and not focused on flipping this in order to do the, the airdrop farming. So you're really left with uh, what I would believe is these great collectors and starting to see some of these floors get uh, thinned out by collectors who are having the opportunity to add to their long-term bag. I is really, really, it's a, it, with a heartfelt conviction it is very invigorating to me. And, and that's exciting. I, I love, I love reading 
within discord when somebody's able to get a grail or something they've been looking at for some time you know that's i don't know it's just it's it's i know it's not the greatest from an economics perspective i also think it's a, a microcosm and we're gonna have a good opportunity here yeah i think so too and as for our canadian friends as uh, wayne gretzky said you gotta skate to where the puck is going not where it's at right now and so if you believe it if you have long-term conviction on some of this uh really like blue chip generative art and it's getting cheap for your eyes uh, and for your investment strategy, your collecting strategy, if you're not an investor, then this seems like not a bad time. That's, uh, that's, that's the sentiment that I'm feeling. So I agree with you there, Jared. And that is our show for today, folks. Thank you everybody for tuning in. We are at collectors underscore XYZ. Jared is at Jared underscore pause. I am at Aston Cloud. We really appreciate you. If you enjoyed this, please like, subscribe, follow. It really helps us. And we really, really just keep reaching out, giving us feedback. We've been getting a lot of love and we appreciate that. It keeps us going. So thank you. Yeah, we want to grow this thing to be uh, the premier space. So whatever we can do to help you out, let us know. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning into Collector's Corner. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you like this episode and want to help us out, please subscribe and leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on YouTube. Please also follow us on Twitter for announcements as we expand to other social and content platforms. Our Twitter handle is at collectors underscore XYZ. We'd also love to hear any feedback you have. So please comment or reach out. We're always striving to be more useful and get better so we can help you in your collecting journey. The Collector's Corner team and their guests are not registered investment advisors. All views expressed on this podcast are personal opinions and are not specific inducements to make particular investments or investment strategies and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. This show is solely for informational and entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, please consult a professional.